what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, and welcome to the caregiver community. This is a place where we talk about the joys and the challenges of caring for our aging parents and for ourselves. I am Frances Hall, co-founder and executive director of ACAP Community, and I'm here with my co-host for this podcast, Beth Brandes, a consultant and retired social services administrator. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Beth and I are two of the estimated 10 million adults in the United States and many more millions worldwide who are adult children caring for aging parents and for ourselves, or or we have been in that role in the recent past. In this podcast, we're talking about when mom and dad leave home when they make the decision to move from the home they may have lived in for many years. What should they and we as their adult children know? What are the first steps in getting ready for such a monumental move? And how can we as their adult children best help them at this pivotal time? Our guest today is Bridget Donnelly. Bridget founded Donnelly's Estate Liquidation and Appraisal Services in 2007 specifically to serve the needs of older adults in transition. She and her husband and business partner, Bill Gardner, help others downsize, cope with the stresses of moving, and shed unwanted possessions. Bridget comes honestly by her passion of helping others deal with their stuff. As the daughter of antique dealers, Bridget tolerated an endless stream of treasures coursing through her home, which was downsized regularly to accommodate new finds. Her family moved frequently but unconventionally, she said, carload by carload. That would be quite a task. Bridget is a Penn State graduate, Pennsylvania State University, with a BS in marketing. She has a certifications as a personal property appraiser, senior move manager, and estate liquidator. Previously, Bridget was in corporate marketing, advertising, and strategic planning, and she and Bill live in State College, Pennsylvania. Bridget, welcome to the caregiver community. We are delighted to have you with us. Thank you very much. Bridget, let's start this morning um, by talking about some of the things that can help aging parents and their loved ones understand about senior transitions. Sure. Uh, I want to preface my remarks, though, with stating that I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a gerontologist, I'm not a social worker. Uh, We've helped hundreds of older adults and their families with transitions, and we found a lot of things work, uh, but we basically have to remember that we're dealing here with individuals and what works for one situation is not necessarily guaranteed to work with another. So keep that in mind as I share with you. Um, to answer your question about you know, what, um, what can help um, us with senior transition, what helps to understand, the first thing is that there is typically a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, happening and being experienced by everyone involved in the situation. Um, This is really a a time of loss, um, often marked by physical loss that necessitates the move, loss of capabilities. Um, There's the idea of you're losing your house, you're losing what you've um, experienced, your community. Um, Now you're getting ready to lose your stuff. Um, you're, you're losing your independence. So it's really important to be empathetic to that whole notion of loss. Another important 
thing to understand and keep in mind is that these transitions are typically extremely exhausting and difficult for everybody, but particularly for the older adult, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, and logistically, if you think about that oftentimes people who are living in their home while it's being listed for sale, um, and that's hard to keep it perfect for to, to keep the realtors happy. Um, sometimes people are moving from one part of the country to another to be near family, and you know just picking up and moving to a whole different place is extremely stressful. Um, it, their change, you know, their routine um, is being changed because of all that's involved in the move, and they're being uprooted from what they maybe have been in invested in for decades. So that's all really important to remember as you're facing and talking through and considering, you know, how to best handle this move, this transition. Absolutely. And that's a lot for anybody to deal with. Yeah, particularly, I mean, if your physical uh, health is compromised and you're in pain and, you know, a great part of your day is spent, you know, just getting yourself up and moving, um, not everybody's in that situation, but it's a whole lot to add to what you're already coping with as an older adult. Um, So that's, those are all really important points to be empathetic to. Um, One of the things that we've found that really helps is if the adult children can start the conversation with their parents to get them moving um, while the adult uh, parents can still participate. We have had so many situations where it's a mess because the decision was made too late. Mm -hmm. And, And that just you know, basically puts everybody into a reactive situation rather than a proactive. And all that does is just compound the feelings of stress and I'm now I'm a victim of my circumstances and it's just far better to um, to, to start talking about this and planning for this. We had a couple recently who were, were planning to move to a retirement community and severe mobility issues and we began the process of talking about what's going to happen and the need to start to think about what they were taking with them. And the woman threw her hands up and said, you know what, I've been here 58 years. I'm not going to get this done this year. It's too much. I'm not doing it. And she just pulled the plug on the whole, uh, the whole move because she just knew physically she wasn't going to get through it. She had waited too long. Bridget, you know, I found that um, a couple of interesting, unique features, particularly for parents that had grown up during the Depression who had collected everything and saved everything, it felt very assaultive to them as they were having to shed and move many of those items. Have you seen that as well? You said they felt very insulted? Uh, Assaulted. Assaulted. Well, they're having to make a ton of decisions. I mean, hundreds and thousands of decisions about what to do with what what's in their house, whether they're going to take it, whether they're they're not going to take it. And I use the analogy of, you know, you, it feels like chickens pecking at you. Um, there are just so many decisions to make. And they, they're having to do this at a time when that's not really what they have the energy for. So, yes, they feel assaulted. Um, they feel that things are being... Know, pulled away from them or their arms are being twisted and, and it can get really contentious um, so it, it's a it's a delicate um, act you know it's a, it's a delicate line to walk and I, I have some suggestions 
for how to start the process, you know, when we're ready to talk about that. Well, I think that's a good segue. You know, even what you have said so far, I'm remembering back to when my mother made the decision to move and how difficult that was because it was, you know, so although she had been thinking about it for a while, there were no plans in action until all of a sudden. So, yes, let's talk about... What would you suggest as good ways to start the process of getting mom and dad ready to move? Well, one thing that I think is essential is, and it's far easier to say this than to make it happen, but to start with the right attitude and and to assume, I I call it um, assuming the sale, which means this is going to happen. Uh-huh. You know, there there can be a tremendous amount of waffling and second guessing, and then the inevitable talking about it till it's dead. And talking is a great delay tactic. Um, I had a situation with a woman. She had five daughters. She lived on her own. The, her husband had passed. All the daughters lived all over the country. And this woman knew the best place for her to move to was a continuing care retirement community. But all five of her daughters were questioning her decision oh, wow. and this woman ended up in such a state of stress and confusion and started second guessing everything she decided and they undid all the mental work that the the older adults had put into this process it was extremely um unfortunate um because of their not having the right attitude and supporting their her their mother in her decision um, so she had made the decision to move ahead, um, and I think that as an adult child, you need to support that and encourage that and encourage it with a positive attitude. Um, that's the first step. Um, the other thing that we try to do is to really kind of look forward and talk about, okay, you're, you're moving to the next best place. Um, and to look at this as a positive change, not necessarily something that's happening to you, but a choice you're making or for your own best interest, even if it's, right. if it's not one you want to make. But, okay, so how do we best replicate your lifestyle in the next place that you're going to? How do you live today in your home? What do you, where do you spend your time? Where do you hang out? What do you sit on? What do you do? And how can we keep as much of that the same as possible so there's continuity there and familiarity? Um, because really, how many of us are using all the spaces in our big homes? Mm-hmm. Right, right. No. So kind of thinking, looking forward, I think, and looking forward with the right attitude is is really helpful in in kind of helping keep the older adults focused on, you know, we're doing this because we're, you're getting to the next best place. Are there some other strategies that you've used to help minimize the stress for seniors as they are downsizing or moving? Yes. Um, one of the things that we abide by is to keep our work sessions short. They don't have a lot of energy, and we don't want to push them to the point of exhaustion. And so even if it's just asking them to make decisions, we, we keep our planning and our decision-making and our work sessions limited. And we will even say when they want to keep going, we can see they, they've had enough, we stop. Um, we also say that the most important role that the older adult and the family can play is to focus on decision-making. 
you can always hire or find somebody to do everything else, but nobody can make their decisions for them. And so take their emotional and physical and mental energy and focus on what they want to keep and turn their back on everything else. And that kind of gets into the whole issue of their concern about, well, what's going to happen to my piano or what's going to happen to my dining room suit? And we say, if you don't care about it enough to take with you, if it's not going to fit, we'll worry about that later. Use up your energy reserves to focus on what you're keeping and what matters to you now. And that includes things like family photos and whatever. So it's really kind of focusing and channeling the limited amount of energy they do have. Um, The other uh, tactic we use is to, again, keep them focused on why we're doing this. You know, it's not to have a giant money-making opportunity when their household goods sell. We're really trying to get them to the next best place. And we try to remind them of, you know, why that's going to be good. Whether it's more social opportunities, it's safer, they're going to get help, you know, for whatever, they're going to be closer to kids. Whatever we can find that's positive and constructive to keep them focused on. Um, and, And then we also try to help manage their expectations about how long this is going to take and how much help they can get and um, and in particular what their stuff is going to sell for when we go to liquidate it mm-hmm. um, because that's often a key um, issue with older adults. They can get really hung up on, well, I, I want to make sure that I get this value for this piece or whatever and I take it upon myself to be the manager of expectations about how they're going to end up financially when they go to get rid of everything they're not keeping. There were a couple of things that I know that I used in moving my parents multiple times uh, that were helpful. And one was that we jointly agreed to have a curio cabinet where they got to pick special things that represented parts of their memories and identity. And that seemed to be a good exercise and that was something we could move to the new place and we also picked some recipients of items that especially library books things that they had collected over years that made them feel better about giving those things away that's a that's a really good point they a lot of people would rather give something to an appreciative taker than sell it or and they're particularly they don't want to throw anything out. So um, we we make a point of of saying, look, this is your stuff to do with what you will, but we can help you place it where it will be appreciated, and that brings a tremendous amount of relief usually. And it's interesting right now. Probably we are dealing a lot with depression era babies, um, and this is just kind of a throwing out there. It'll be interesting to see if there is any difference when the boomers get to that point in terms of disposing of their their treasures. It'll just be sort of interesting to see how we respond in relation or in comparison with the, with the earlier generation. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. 
Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Bridget, you you have been talking so much about great, great suggestions. Um, and I'm hearing a lot of communication. There just needs to be a whole lot of talking between the parent and the adult child. Um, and, and you've talked some about that. But talk about talk a little about what the best role is for adult children or loved ones in this whole process. Okay. That's a good question. And I'm sorry, uh, so that, much, that should be adult children or other loved ones in this whole process. Okay. So much of that answer depends on the, the adult child's relationship or the, the adult that's helping uh, with the older adult um, and what the, the older adult's expectations and abilities are. And that can vary from, you know, having a very collaborative relationship uh, to wanting to just shut everybody out and not disclose anything, or even kind of keep the the older the older the adult child in the loop as as um, to how they're even doing physically. Um, in my situation, my father allowed me to take over billing um, and paying his bills and make making appointments and going to physicians visits with him and, and kind of planning for health care coming in and so forth and I've talked with other people in the same position who, whose parents won't even talk to them about how they're doing um, or what their yeah. plans are so uh, I think you can start by just starting a conversation and asking you know how can I help and and what role does the adult uh, older adult want their their helper to play um, and and how can you be the most help as the adult child? Um, where can you plug in? And what's realistic in terms of your proximity to your parents, um, the amount of time you have, um, your financial resources, et cetera? Um, so that's a real, it, that's a question that, that has to be navigated based on the individuals and their relationships and the situation. I do have some suggestions, though. One is to let them be in control or feel like they've got a certain amount of control, you know, if they want to, and to don't get into a wrestling match because all that's going to do is really bring the relationship down, and and that stress from that is going to far outweigh whatever good you're trying to do. Um, there, there, we were actually dealing with two clients, um, both of whom were named Lillian. At the same time, it's kind of interesting. Both of whom were moving, and both had very controlling daughters. Uh, it's just ironic. But the first Lillian, um, her, she was very proud of her daughter who was in interior design and was going to make, you know, this floor plan for her and help her plan everything and get her moved. And, and the daughter kind of got her moved and left town and left all these boxes behind. And Lillian was up to her eyes, uh, dismissed us from helping with the unpack. But the point is that the daughter conveyed that she was going to offer all this help and then blew out of town and left her high and dry. Mm-hmm. And I found out after the fact that uh, Lillian wanted to hire help so her daughter could be, play more of a supportive role and, and the daughter wouldn't let her. So there was some tension and wrestling for control there that, and Lillian ended up being the one suffering from it. Um, and then there was another combative situation with yet another Lillian 
Um, and, and it got heated. And, and I just want to say, like, that's really destructive for the health and emotional well-being of the older adult. So that has to really be carefully navigated um, and, and, to, and to not, because as I said earlier, they're feeling that there's all this loss going on at the moment, and now you're wrestling control away from them, and they're just sitting there a victim of their circumstances. Hmm. Um, and one thing that I think is particularly helpful is, and, and this can even be done from a distance, is to offer to handle the issues or the tasks that the older adult may have difficult time with, such as planning um, or scheduling. And, you know, these, these people typically haven't worked with a realtor, don't know the landscape, um, for, haven't done this for decades. So how, how do you even find a realtor? Um, what questions do you ask? You know, what's the timeline? Sometimes it help, two heads are better than one, and that can be a real help without it feeling like you're seizing control. Um, keeping track of details is significant so that somebody remembers what's been decided or what's supposed to happen by whom. Um, and going with the older adult to meetings with movers and communities and uh, other resources and, and, you know, listening and taking notes and asking questions and representing your parents' interests. I think that's all tremendously helpful and can be done in a way that doesn't feel like you're taking over. Um, so th that's a, a real uh, chunk of, of help that I think can be extended. The, um, another one is to just be empathetic and listen because sometimes they know it's happening despite them not wanting it to the mood, I'm saying. But if they just want to be heard and so listen and, and to try to, you know, provide some comforting, empathetic words and don't necessarily feel like you have to fix everything but just to hear them out and, and offer to bring in other help because sometimes they're not even aware that there, there is help. Um, and if the situation warrants it and the family can afford it or, or needs it because the, the adult child doesn't live nearby to help, find those resources. And, and sometimes I've seen the adult child actually pay for them um, because they, it's, it, the cost is insignificant compared to the help that it provides and relieves the stress in the situation. Bridget, could you give us some examples of that kind of help or resources that are, we could find in most communities? Yes. So one big resource is the National Association of Senior Move Managers, or NASM, N-A-S-M-M dot org. And NASM is an organization that's been around for over 20 years, and it's made up of really big companies and really small companies and all of whom really care about helping older adults in transition and even helping older adults who choose to stay in place um, and live in their homes. But the people in NASM, the, the businesses, are really all about all that I just mentioned, you know, listening to the needs of the older adult and helping make the transition to be as minimally stressful as possible. And, and being the single point of contact to connect all those resources and to coordinate, facilitate, and plan, um, and really just kind of look out for the best interests of the, the older adult and, and their families. So that's a key um, resource, and that's nasm.org on the web. People can also contact their local offices of aging and their senior service organizations and find out you know, what services are out in the community perhaps they qualify for um, 
by because of financial um, reasons. You know, what's out there that even just resources to to come out and assess situations and where, where's the next best place for this individual? Where should they go? Are they, you know, should they go directly to personal care or is assisted living okay? They'll do some assessments. So. It varies by locale, but that's a good resource to tap. Right. Um, continuing care retirement communities are also a good resource, again, to, to understand what they offer and, and their availability, which is key these days because beds are limited and, and cottages are limited. Um, but, you know, what, what do they have and what do they suggest and what's it cost and what are the options? I think information gathering is always good, even if there's real no real uh decision to go there you can at least know what your options are um and then oftentimes there are local seminars that are put on by communities and entities within the organization like acap that share information for both older adult and their adult children right 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 Bridget, this has been wonderful information the whole time you've been talking. Um, Beth and I have been sitting here nodding our heads, yes, 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 uh, in that we have moved our parents. We know what this is like and how stressful it can be for everyone. Thank you so much for what you do and for this great information that that you have shared, both both your personal as well as your professional insight. And Beth, thank you for being part of this conversation. And truly, thank you all for listening to the caregiver community. Bridget, Beth, and I hope you have learned something you didn't know that will help you be a more effective support and advocate for your aging parents. This program is part of the MESH network of online shows and podcasts. You may learn more about the MESH and check out other great programs that they offer for free at www.themesh.com. Dot TV. That's www.themesh.tv. On that site, you, will also, you may also send us a question or recommendation for future show topics using the Contact Us button. We also encourage you to find us on Apple iTunes, where you may subscribe to our show to make sure you receive all future episodes automatically of our podcasts. You'll find a link to the MESH website on our ACAP Community website also. For more information about ACAP Community, please visit our website, www.acapcommunity.org, and that's A-C-A-P like Adult Children of Aging Parents, www.acapcommunity.org, or call us toll-free at 877-599-ACAP. That's 877-599-2227. Or email us at info at acapcommunity.org. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.